you are not getting the results you want, maybe it's time to give your conversational intelligence a boost. This is a quote by Daniel H. Pink, who is on the cover of the book called Conversational Intelligence by Judith E. Glazer. We're going to talk about that today. So I'm Karen. And I am Nula, and we are the Safety Collaborators. And our mission is to help people have better conversations and change the way they think about safety. Today we want to introduce you to CIQ, Conversational Intelligence, and why we love it. Karen, share with us, where did you first learn about conversational intelligence? I think before I dive into how I came across it, it might help to understand why I even wanted to go down that path. Probably a good starting point. So many, many years ago now, when I first started working in the industry as a safety coach, although back then we were just consultants, but anyway, working out on rigs in environments that were different to where I grew up and lived. And in fact, it was my first gig was in off the coast of Nigeria. And I can remember even back then thinking, mm, we have these things, I'm talking really in the heyday of behavioural-based safety, so we are talking 20 years ago. And I can remember sitting there thinking, we're having these conversations, we're trying to teach people to do things differently, but something was always a little bit missing for me. And I didn't quite know what that was back then. That comes with years of wisdom, whatever. And so that was always sort of playing in the back of my mind. And then Let's fast forward a little bit to when I first moved to Scotland, which was in 2015. And it was not long after that, I started to hear about this person called, well, let me go back. I was actually starting to study coaching skills and how do I get better at being a coach? How do we improve the types of conversations that we have, etc.? And it was actually through WBEX, which for people who are coaches, we'll know what that means. I'm not going to worry about that now. What's important, they were running their yearly conference and one of the speakers was Judith E. Glazer. And she had just written a book called Conversational Intelligence, How Great Leaders Build Trust and Get Extraordinary Results. So that's the name of the book. However, on that conference and through her session, she started talking about the tools that she uses and the journey that she went on to better understand and to better help people have the right conversations. And it was actually started in sales. So she was really consulting with organizations to improve their sales process. And that's kind of where it started. Now, her actual background is in anthropology and cultural anthropology. So all of this learning, consulting, started to formulate ideas. And as a result of that time, so this was now in early 2016, the next part, of course, with these conferences is that you can then become a learner in that process. So I did. I signed up to become a certified CIQ, as we shorten it to, CIQ coach. And there's not too many of us really on the planet. There's probably three, four, five thousand of us, and that's about it. Sadly, Judith has since passed away, but her work absolutely continues. So we are some of the early adopters of CIQ, and we really love to bring it into the work that we do. So that, that's kind of how I got to it. I and mean, then we need to talk now about what on earth it is. But then it was mm, 2018. I went to a, an ICF conference in Ireland and one of the, they had like a tombola thing, which is a thing where you buy tickets and you put it into a box and 
they swill it around and pull out the lucky number. And you had to write on there what you would do with the gift if you won it, which was to join one of her programs. Now, I'm already certified, so I'm thinking, well, I don't need it. So I actually wrote on there, I would give it to my friend, Nula. And lo and behold, I won it. Promptly burst into tears, as I do. And I was delighted. <laughs> you were delighted. <laughs> so that is how we both became conversational intelligence coaches and some of the rare breed out there that are certified. So that's the origins of conversational intelligence or where how we got to it. But really it's about helping people that we work with have conversations that build trust, that understand what's the difference between a power with conversation versus a transformational conversation. So we talk about three levels of conversational intelligence. We talk about a whole range of mm -hmm. tools and frameworks, if you like, within that. Anyway, that's me talking. As we started this conversation, one of the things that really triggered for me was I need to do a deeper dive into it again, because I think there are many things that I have maintained and kept up. Mm. But even just going through some of the resources before we started this podcast, I was like, mm. there are so many golden nuggets that I think I've dropped out of my toolkit. Mm. And I would really love to bring back into my toolkit mm. the whole asking versus telling. Yes. Selling versus yelling. Yes. And some of the things that I just go, oh my gosh, we need to share more of this. It had such an impact when I was learning it. And I remember it was, yes. for me, it was great because the live sessions were after hours. And at that stage, I think I was mm. using a trampoline to get fit. So I would often have the lessons going whilst jumping on the trampoline so that I, <laughs> you know, was multitasking. I'd be happy to know I no longer do that kind of multitasking. I've learned to get a life. But, <laughs> <laughs> but there are some many happy memories during that learning and many moments where I was so grateful that I was also being challenged and learning myself. Judith is a great fan of that. And she really had an extraordinary aura and energy about her. Mm. And so it was a joy to actually be on the program with her and to become some, one of the inaugural certified coaches, actually. Well, I remember the day you phoned me. And yes. You were like, I'm at this conference and you've won this. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my word, because I'd been looking into how do I do this? How do I make it happen? Yeah. And it was one of those, this is a sign that it is so meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. It also was the earlier days of introducing us to neuroscience as well. So a lot of underpinning conversational intelligence is understanding from a neuroscience perspective, what's happening. So we talk about the six brains, so our prefrontal cortex or our, or our executive brain, if you like, which is our newest brain, all the way down to our gut brain, which we believe and is now being kind of evidenced in many, many ways, is an important component to the way we show up as human beings. So there is as much conversation going on between sending the brain sending messages downwards as there is the gut sending even more upwards. So if you think about that from an emotional intelligence perspective, where do you feel things first? You feel it in your gut generally. So that then sends informations 
through your nervous system to your brain. It triggers, you know, either fast or slow thinking. Fast is your emotional reactions without any self-management. So therefore, we have to understand then, well, what's happening from a chemical perspective within us? So we talk a lot about how do we downregulate cortisol, which causes us to react quite quickly mm -hmm. and inject more oxytocin into our world, which allows us to be well, it's kind of lovingly known as the hug hormone, not suggesting everybody walks around and have hug conversations, but maybe we are. We mentioned it kind of in passing, but I think we're actually going to have to commit to giving a bit more of a, an ongoing series throughout our podcast going forward to share more of this amazing information. Absolutely. And these tools, because we've already mentioned probably about five or six things and I'm yes. going... <gasps> That is an entire conversation on its own. We can't just introduce it and then not help people learn more about what it is and, and how to engage in it. And one of the things on what you were talking about with the down-regulating your cortisol and, and your mm -hmm. overdrive, possibly of adrenaline, and up-regulating your oxytocin and, and dopamine mm. is one of the, the team introduced it as like a set of cocktail glasses. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Which one are you filling? Yes. And which conversational cocktail are you actually presenting out there to the world? And I just, mm. that image just pop back into mind. I think we can do another episode just on conversational cocktails. That's a nice name for it, actually. Um, it is. What's interesting with this body of work as well is that there's some other measuring tools. So one of my favorite tools, particularly for one-on-one -on -one coaching, is what we call the CRQ Catalyst. And it's literally a series of 10 questions. But what it does, it really highlights in a conversation, particularly with leaders, what their conversational patterns are. And it's the same 10 questions for everybody, but they all come back in a different order because we all have different conversational patterns. And it's literally just a catalyst for conversation between us and our coachee, if you like, where we can then take a deeper dives into, well, that's interesting. So if you think you're really good at this conversational pattern, mm -hmm. but you have this conversational pattern that is more cortisol driven, where's the disconnect? So how do they overlap? So there's lots of tools in here. One of our favorites that we use a lot, actually, it's an acronym and is called LEARN. We recommend that you use the end of conversations, the end of meetings, or just before the end. I use it a lot in programs where we use it as the reflection process for at the beginning of day two for what happened on day one. So you can use it in that way. Mm -hmm. Really, it's a fabulous tool for leaders to adopt as well. And it gives a really good structure to yeah. what in, in days gone by, I would have called the ponder or the review of learning. Yes, and then it was kind of, well, what stood out for you and, and why did it stand out for you? But it didn't give people much structure to help embed the learning. Whereas this, for me, gives a fabulous amount of structure for people to really think it through. And for those who aren't natural journalists, who find journaling or that reflective side of learning tough, this is a great way to, to prompt what you're thinking, what you were learning and what you want to do with it going forward. Conversations that matter are where we're at. So let us know what you want to chat about. Mail us at hello at safetycollaborations.com and we'll get back to you. Okay, now on with the show. I think for us as facilitators or as coaches or as you as leaders and team leaders, it gives you 
feedback on what's next. Yes. What do people need? What's more? What needs to be adjusted? What do people need? Yeah. So in the traditional way, it's L stands for like, E stands for excited, A stands for anxious, R stands for reframe, refocus, redirect, and N stands for needs. So if we expand on those, L stands for like. So what did you like most about this meeting or this workshop or, you know, and what would you want to explore further? Often, I think in meetings, it's great. And we've probably all been in them where we're sitting around a table. Mm. Everyone goes, has anybody got any last questions? Crickets. Yes. All right, you hear nothing. So it can be really used for, for that purpose as well. So if you turn around and ask everybody, okay, so now using a sticky note or whatever, Write down one thing you liked about this topic. I'm not saying that you do this for every stand-up meeting, by the way, but if it's an important one where decisions and things need to be made, it will work well. The E can stand for what excited you. So it's excited. I use the word energized. So you can always change out these words a little bit as well. What were you most anxious about? And I often say on that word, because people go, I'm not anxious. They, that's okay. What leaves you feeling a little uncomfortable? What leaves you feeling like that we've missed something? Mm. So let's talk about that. So the idea of the anxious word is what's missing. To bring out that sense of sometimes you're in a, a meeting or you've ended a conference and you're actually a bit irritated that you feel you haven't achieved something. Yeah, correct. So how do we address it? So whether it's that sense of there's some kind of fear of we've wasted our time or fear of we're not going to move forward, or we're just going to be the same old, same old. How do we bring that out into the conversation? Mm. Which leads us to the R, which was that reframe, refocus, redirect. So how do we redirect that fear or that mm. anxiousness? Do we need to reword things in a different way? And then finally, the N, and, and I feel that this is really the one that's missing most often. How often do you end up in a meeting and say, okay, share any needs that you would like us to discuss? What needs do you still have? You know, because I think it's a scary word, that word need. I was about to dive into that and go, that's greater than the fear of we haven't addressed everything we need to address. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh, we actually need this to be able to make it happen. And maybe we can't address, we can't provide the need at the moment. But then it's around, okay, what other conversation needs to happen? Do we need to go back to the reframe? Do we need to address something different? Exactly. Just on that one, on the needs, you know, it gives people that space to be able to hopefully be in a safe place to say, I might need help in this. Yeah. It might be the help of resources. It might be the help of people. It might be the help of time. But what is it? It might be, I need more buy-in because I'm still not into this. It or no. I need to bring my team on board, I need more information before I can communicate effectively what we're going to be going forward with. Exactly. So that really is hopefully bringing in that, that trust space within whomever is involved in the conversation. Which is another very big component of our CIQ journey that we're going to take together is to talk about trust. So with the learn activity, if you want to use it as an activity, let's say you are working with a group and you want to use it in a different way to instead of sticky notes, you could get people to just work alone by themselves, give them a moment to answer each of those letters, if you like, the questions attached to each letter. Then you can get them to work in pairs. You can then bring it into groups. So if you really want to extend this into a really valuable, this can be easily a one to two hour session, in fact. It can. And Karen, didn't you use this as part of a safety 
conference, unconference. We did. An yes. unconference. An unconference. No. And this was the foundation for that conversation around that conf- unconference. It was, yeah. So this was a conference that we ran virtually for a large oil services company for a day. And so this activity was very much a part of it. And they came out with some really good ideas and some needs that were over time to be addressed. I mean, they weren't going to happen straight away. Mm. It was for all of the, it was for the whole HSE team across the globe. And it worked very, very well. And how did you reframe the questions and the words to make it more focused into an exercise or into a day's session? So in their case, we use the word like. But we changed the question a little bit to what do you like about the current state of safety at client? What energizes you about your role as an influencer of safety within client site? What makes you anxious about the current state of safety in client? let's address that. Mm. What do we need to reframe or reimagine? I I love that word, actually. I think that's a really nice word. How do we reimagine? So how might we reframe or reimagine the anxiety in a new way constructively? How would you imagine the future of said client, the safety future, that is, and needs? What do you need to make that future a reality? Share your ideas. And because of the tool that we use for running these sorts of events, it allows us to capture all of that really rich data. And then using AI, we actually summarized it all so that we had like a one-page takeaway from that whole event of quite a few people. So that was one way. Um, The other way, I use it uh, for a program we called Energize 2. So the E is all about energizing and what do you like about the event or the workshop or the program? What energizes you about this program? We do use it at the beginning of day two of the workshop. And leading up to this point, they've had a whole day together. Then they have had their one-on-one coaching session together. And so it gives us a bit of a sense of, well, how do we continue with the rest of this immersive program that we're running for them? Mm -hmm. It's tweaking it. You can use the words... I mean, if you really want to get creative, you could turn like to love. <laughs> you could. <laughs> Some people might find it awkward. <laughs> what is exciting? What is... I love your energize. <laughs> energize for me is, is, is really... I, I think energize, it's a brilliant word. Brings a lot of enthusiasm. What are you enthusiastic about? Yeah, exactly. Yes. I mean, the program's called Energize too, so it's brilliant. But it <laughs> it is, works really well it really for that. Is. It does. Yeah. You know, and one of the other ways is to take, mm-hmm. if you're in a room with a group of people, yes. is put a letter on a single flip chart. So each piece of flip chart up around the wall has one letter. So like, excited, anxious, reframe, needs. Mm. And then let people walk around and go and actually write on the flip chart yep. their response to each of those. Words. Their word. Yeah. yeah. I've actually did that at another conference. It was for environmental reps. Okay. So we used it at the end of the day and people just sort of walked around and did exactly that. And then the person who was running that event could take that away and do some stuff with it. Brilliant. So that is our very sort of quick introduction to CIQ. It does underpin a lot of the work that we do in many ways, particularly in the facilitated programs that we run. And we will leave you with a version of the Learn activity. 
you can have a download so that you can use it at your next session of importance where you want to give meaning to a meeting or a gathering of some sort that you're having. Exactly. And where you really want to, to get an understanding of where people are at before they walk out the room. Exactly. And then you go, oh, 10 million different directions. <laughs> no, let's all be headed in one direction. Indeed. And it may lead to giving you some of that insights that you would not necessarily otherwise have received. I think also this is one of the many conversational rituals. Mm. So if this becomes a bit of a habit within the organisation, you're doing a few things. You're creating a conversational ritual which is really helpful in binding teams together. You are then also creating a safe space for people to share So that's going to build your psychological safety. It's also going to create, and pardon the pun, a learning environment. It encourages... (laughs) And learning culture. A learning culture, absolutely. So, and teaming. So Mm. there are many advantages to using sometimes what appears to be a simple tool, but in fact is not. In the words of Judith Glazier, words create worlds. And we look so forward to sharing these tools over many of our podcasts to come, I'm sure, because there are so many nuggets that will hopefully have a positive impact on you as it has on us. With that, may your next conversation be conversationally intelligent. Thank you for joining us again today. As always, lovely to have these conversations that matter. You will be able to find everything on our show notes, of course, on our website, safetycollaborations.com. Leave us a message via the live chat. We would love to know what you think about the tools, especially if you get to use them. Some feedback on that would be brilliant. You can also do this on our LinkedIn company page. So we always, every week, put up a post about this podcast. So you can always reply to that particular posting as well. And of course, as always, help us spread the word. We are on all of your favorite podcast platforms. So feel free to share, like, etc. Till next week, stay well and stay safe.